Scott Church, American Photographer, Episode 3. Hi everybody, it's the day after Christmas and I'm out walking again. I had a really nice day yesterday, it was absolutely wonderful, and I want to thank everybody that uh, that have been keeping up with my new podcast. Hang on, car's coming. I'm still up in Massachusetts, I'm going to be here till tomorrow, I think. I'm not sure. I guess I'll uh <laughs> I guess I'll know when I'm leaving when I'm leaving, won't I? Because that's usually the the way that this sort of thing works when I'm on Christmas break. I have a lot of things to do. Well, I have a lot of things to finish up here first of all, and I have a lot of things to do when I get home. I'm prepping for my big January show that comes up every year and uh I have a a few other things that I need to get done before the end of the year. This isn't necessarily a busy time, but I tend to schedule myself pretty busy. I don't like the downtime around the the holidays when it's cold. I like to find things for myself to do. I have a lot of uh, yearly traditions, let's call them, annual events, things that I, uh, things that I work on every year. Maybe we'll talk about that today. Things that are traditions, but sometimes traditions can end up uh, pulling you through what what some people find as a as a dark time. Isn't that really the whole reason for Christmas in the first place? For a lot of people, Christmas itself, well, you know, it's a Time to go out and buy things and shop and be busy and get together with your family and have celebrations. But really, it's a, it's a way to keep us from all just bottling ourselves up into a tight little ball and hibernating all year long. A lot of the things that I try to do at the end of the year are very much the same thing. We value Christmas as a time for all of us to be able to get together with the people that we care about and see each other and I uh, I like to have a lot of those same same sort of traditions after Christmas too this year will be the 12th iteration iteration is that a word this will be the 12th installment the 12th annual uh, legacy gallery show that I do every year that show started out well 12 years ago uh, as a group show, and before that, it was a uh, a solo show that I that I did at the Mulberry Gallery in Lancaster. I actually filled the whole place up myself for the first year. It's a big space. Those of you who've been to the show know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a monster. Well, imagine trying to fill the uh, the entire first floor of that gallery up with your own work. It was a great show, but it was very expensive, and it, it took a lot to uh, to fill the place up. And the first year that I actually started the Legacy Show, honestly, it was an effort for me to, to fill the place up without having to uh, fill the place up. I invited some of my friends and some of my students to participate in the first show 12 years ago. And it's grown and expanded and gotten bigger and bigger and bigger every year since then 
now it's uh, now it's a monster. To be honest with you, it's a it's a huge endeavor. Every year, this year we have close to a hundred different photographers in the show. But it's uh, it's become streamlined. It's it really kind of runs itself at this point. It's really rather nice. It's a lot of fun. And a lot of uh, a lot of people come together every year, first Friday in January to go. This year, I'm sure, will be no exception. We've had more than 3,000 people invited to the show so far, and there's a lot of people that are, uh, well, they make a big deal out of it. They plan on it. It's something that people really look forward to, and I love that. A lot of times, the people that are participating, this is probably their, uh, their, their very first gallery show. In some cases, it's the only one that they ever do. The idea, well, the idea of gallery shows being a goal for a photographer has seemed to, go, to, to have gone by the wayside. And, and honestly, I think that's a shame. I, I think there's something very important, extremely important, about seeing your work printed and hung up on a wall in a place where people can go and look at it. I've always considered that the uh, the end result for, for 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 all of my work. I don't really consider something finished until it's printed and finished and framed and hung up on the wall. Maybe that's old fashioned. Maybe the goal that most photographers have of just being able to put it out on Instagram or on Facebook and having people like and comment and share. Maybe that's supposed to be enough. It's certainly a lot cheaper. It's certainly a lot less complicating. But I don't know. It just feels hollow to me. It doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel finished. The promotional aspect of being able to show your work off, I, I think it still holds a lot of power. I think it still has a lot, well, it has a lot going for it. I know that my reputation and who I am, what I've built over the years, goes hand in hand with things like gallery shows and generally just being able to show my work wherever I possibly can. Starting out, I literally showed my work wherever I possibly could. Coffee shops, restaurants, anyone that would give me wall space. Hanging your work on the wall, well, it meant something. This was all before social media, of course, when your wall meant a completely different thing. But putting your work out there, finishing it, showing it off, it made it feel like it was more real. It made it feel like you've really accomplished something. These days, photographers have entire portfolios that they've never printed. These days, photographers have years worth of images that they've never really finished, never really put out there. Instagram photographers and Facebook photographers, they don't really understand that, that feeling. The people that come and do the show understand it. The people that come and do the show 
I believe, truly see the value of, of putting something out there and then getting dressed up and standing there and talking to people about it. There's a certain sense of satisfaction of knowing that your work is hanging on the wall of a gallery, even if it's just for the night. I think it's a big deal. I've always thought it was a big deal. And I like being able to do that for people. That's one of the biggest reasons that I opened my own art gallery this year, to be able to provide that not just to photographers, but for artists in general. Painters still understand. Other two-dimensional artists still understand. A goal for a painter is the wall of a gallery, and I believe photographers should feel the same way. Unfortunately, I feel like it's something that we're losing. I feel like it's something that's going away, especially in smaller communities, places where galleries aren't very common, places where galleries aren't necessarily uh, a viable business plan. Big cities, of course, still provide a lot of opportunity for artists to be able to show their work, but smaller communities, well, smaller communities like the one I live in, don't really have a whole lot of options, and if they do, the galleries are playing it safe, working with established artists, working with people that they know that they can sell because they're a business, and that's what they have to do. Selling things at a show... Well, selling things at a show, is, 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 it's, it's nice, but it shouldn't necessarily be the goal of the show. The goal of the show is to get people, more people, to appreciate your work the way that it was meant to be seen. My work was meant to be, to be seen in a frame on a wall, not in a box on your phone. That's when I feel like it's finished. That's when I feel like it's done. And until, until somebody can prove otherwise, that's the way that my work is always going to be shown and finished and appreciated best. Obviously, the people that follow my work from all over the place don't get to always come out to my shows. Some don't get to ever come out to my shows. Some have only one way of seeing my work, and, and I don't discount that. I appreciate everyone that likes what I do, no matter how they found it, no matter how they saw it, no matter what it took to get my work in front of them. I'm thankful for all of those people. But a special, special place in my heart are always going to be the people that come out to the... It's always going to be afforded to the people that come out to my shows. Especially the big January show. The January show is a big deal. There are a few things that I've started doing and, and they've become traditions that... Uh, well, things that make me very happy. I actually ended one tradition this year, or 
well, let's call it a buy year. I'm not really sure exactly what I'm going to do with my annual Boxing Day print sale. I've been doing it for, well, longer than I've been doing the show. Again, it started out very small, just a few images. And then the, the, the print sale became, it became a way for me to show off what I thought was my best work for the year. It became a way for me to repost everything again, offer it up for sale, and to show people what I am most proud of for the year. Last night I sat down and I pulled out 50 images, 50 images from this year that I thought were outstanding, things that really represented the best work that I did throughout the year. I like that exercise. I like the idea of narrowing down your own work, telling yourself what is truly the best and keeping track of it. It's one of the first things that I tell my mentorship students to do, to put together a portfolio. Thousands of images over dozens of years worth of work tend to build up. But when you're keeping track of those images, when you're putting your best work together into one folder, one location, where you can say, this is truly what I've created. This is truly what I feel like is the best representation of my work. I think that's a very important thing. Self-critique is very valuable. Understanding and knowing when you truly did something that rises above everything else, it's very important. I had a very good year. I traveled a lot of places. I saw a lot of really cool things. I worked with a lot of really wonderful people. This year I added 50 images to that folder. Those 50 images would have been part of the big sale, but I decided not to do it this year. And honestly, it's, it's, a, it's another matter of self-realization why I decided not to do it. The prices, hang on, car coming. The prices that I normally offer my work for for prints are very low, and I've been seeing a lot of my work showing up other places. Stuff that I've sold in print sales before, showing up on eBay and other places offered for more money than I sold it for, which is supposed to be the way that things happen. That's supposed to be the goal. Your work is supposed to go up in value and people, well, people have every right to sell what they've bought. And if you buy something, you own it. And if you're gonna sell it and make a profit, well, that's the American dream, isn't it? But sometimes when I look at it, it's frustrating especially the people that bought copies of my first book for 20 bucks on eBay back in 1999, who are now adding zeros to that price and reselling them, sometimes in mint condition because they never even opened it. It just sat on a shelf or in a box somewhere. And now they're making themselves a nice profit from it. 
I guess that's fine. I can't really complain about that sort of thing. I mean, honestly, that's the nature of anything creative. There are things like that that uh, can feel frustrating, but there's also that, that, that warm glow in the back of your head that, hey, man, people like my work enough to spend 10 times the amount of money that I sold it for in order to get it now makes me wish I would have put more stuff away. It makes me wish I would have taken better care archiving things and making sure that things were perfect and preserved. But honestly, doing that too, it takes away from the joy. It takes away from the joy of creation when you're constantly putting dollar values on things and deciding what and what not to let go of. And maybe that's what I did this morning, deciding not to do the sale. But I don't know. I honestly, I feel like my work is worth more than the sale price I was offering it at before. And I think making a drastic change without having some sort of skip over a year. I, I, I think that uh, there's something to be said for shocking the market and changing traditions sometimes too. Lord knows I have enough going on right now. I don't need to be concerned about organizing and shipping prints and signing and numbering and keeping up with all that stuff. All of these things, the show, the prints, the books, it, I mean, so many of these things have, have beginnings in, in just the simple fact that I either needed money or I didn't feel like spending money. So much of, of, of my career can be traced back to, well, what can I offer up right now to make a little bit more money when I needed it? Your idea of your work and, and the disposability, the, 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 the potential for product tends to go away when you don't need money so much. I've always said that money only matters when you don't need it because money only, that was wrong. Hold on, rewind. Money only matters when you don't have it. When you don't need it, it doesn't matter at all anymore. That's better. Sounds less idiotic that way. The idea of selling yourself, selling the things that you produce, selling the things that you love, it's a necessary evil. But when you don't need the money, you tend not to think about yourself so much. You tend not to think about yourself so much as a product anymore. And it tends to be a little bit easier to respect what you're doing and offer it at a more respectful rate, at least to yourself. So much of our industry has been killed and or 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 maimed or or distorted 
by the idea of working for free. I think that uh, I think the TFP is slowly killing our, our our industry. It provides a lot of opportunities for people to be creative together, but it also it also makes people feel like what we do isn't really truly worth anything. And the more that a photographer perpetuates the idea that he's happy to work for nothing at all just to have people to work with, the less value his work is actually worth in the end. And that's not just about photographers. But it is something that that you find more and more evidence of in our industry. You don't go to your dentist and explain to your dentist why he should work on your teeth for free because you have 100,000 Instagram followers. Now, do you? When you need your teeth fixed, you expect to pay for them or at least have your insurance pay for them. There isn't a barter system. There isn't a, uh, well, fix my teeth just for the exposure principle that goes into, you know, really any other industry except for the creative arts bands are expected to produce work play for free photographers artists are expected to offer up their services for the exposure and again the more money that you make the more you expect people to do things for you for nothing Celebrities are the worst at that. Celebrities never pay for anything. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's just the way that things are going. We all consider ourselves superior products now, don't we? We all consider ourselves influencers. And we're just waiting for the major sponsors to discover our Instagrams. So we don't have to work anymore. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing yet. I haven't decided. Lord knows I'm... Lord knows I'm happy to take those dollars too. And on that note, let's talk about Anchor. The wonderful new podcast service that allows you to record and promote your podcast and put them out. Forget it. Forget it. There's enough of an ad on this already, I'm sure. And I thank them for the sponsorship. Maybe the entire thing is uh, clowning us. Maybe all of this, which was ultimately just created to control us, is doing nothing but taking advantage of that monopoly as we offer them up more and more and more free product for them to sell even if it's just the simple fact that we don't like the idea that they're selling us that says a lot about us as people too doesn't it we have our own target market don't we
is there really a solution to that sort of thing or is it only going to get worse I don't know I suppose it's only going to get worse at least until the North Koreans or the Chinese decide to shut down our internet along with our power grid because we refuse to accept that it can happen at any given moment and do anything about it. The blackout's coming, kids. Make sure you got your glow sticks and your bottled water. I just finished Bob Woodward's book, Fear, the the Trump book that he just put out. It was actually really good, and I'm, I'm, I'm really not not sure why people freaked out about it so much. This wasn't fire and fury. This wasn't a total lambasting Bannon version of the the, the Trump White House. It, it, it was actually incredibly realistic and, and very believable. It doesn't make the president out to be a bad guy. It just makes him out to be ill-prepared for his job. And I think that anybody can understand that. He had himself a goal for his own legacy that he wanted to attain. And he attained that goal even though he really had no idea how to do the job. And now he has all of these people that are just trying to keep the house of cards from falling. And that's another thing. Kevin Spacey, who was, well... Publicly shamed for a lot of reasons. Publicly outcast for a lot of reasons. Because of his uh, sexual misconduct. Put out a video the other day where he uh, had a bit of a monologue in character from his his, uh, House of Cards, Frank Underwood character. But a lot of what he was saying, he was obviously saying about himself, he's had a shit year. I'm sorry, man. No matter what he actually did, I'm still always gonna... I'm still always gonna love Kaiser Soze. I'm still always gonna love John Doe from Seven. That character was amazing. Are you fucking kidding me? Love the art, not the artist, right? I guess that's old-fashioned. Now it's all one big thing. You can't just love the art and not the artist anymore, especially when the artist is an evil son of a bitch. I don't know, though, man. I think a lot of the art that we value, a lot of the art that we hold dear, a lot of that art was created by evil sons of bitches, whether we knew about it or not. Some of the most horrible things become the major plot points in the movies that they make about the artists, and somehow they end up celebrated for it. 
it just becomes more a part of their story. I think anyone who puts themselves in that sort of public place, who opens their life up to scrutiny, who makes their world public, I think they're all just hoping they don't get caught, ultimately, just like Trump. De Niro said that the worst thing that happened, that, that, that ever happened to Trump was being elected president. He didn't want to win. He wanted to build his brand by running. <laughs> and then he won. And we all sat back and said, shit, he won? Those people who were supporting him, those people who wanted the kind of things that he was selling, they celebrated, but how many of those things have really come to fruition? And some of that's not his fault. I'm sure he wanted to build that wall. I'm sure he wanted to lock her up. I'm sure he wanted to do all of the things that he spouted like a carnival barker at those rallies that he's still doing. A lot of it has been held in check by his own people. I mean, the Republicans have controlled the House and the Senate and the presidency for the past two years, and they've gotten less done than when they were fighting with each other, complaining that the Democrats wouldn't let it happen. They still are. Maybe that's just checks and balances. I don't know. I love my country, and I want it to succeed, and... He's the president of my country, so I don't want him to fail because watching him fail means the failure of our republic. Doesn't mean that I think he's a good president. It just means that he's the president. And you've got to have some sort of... <laughs> There's got to be some sort of respect offered to that office. Maybe that's just military man in me I don't know maybe it's the Boy Scout but somewhere in there somewhere in there you still have to be able to hold out hope because hope helps I don't just mean the, the, the pretty leggy brunette with all the makeup that he had working for him for a while in the White House, although that girl, damn. She was something. She still is. There are people that will come out of this presidency and do things. And there are things that are that there are things about this presidency that we'll look back on differently. I remember all the protesters in New York on Fifth Avenue protesting George Bush II. I remember the protesters protesting the war that I was in back in 1990 protesting George I. And we've all seen every movie imaginable about Vietnam. 
and the culture of protest that went along with that too. Vietnam is automatically associated with Nixon because it ended around the same time he ended. But Nixon wanted out of that war too. The presidents before him, Kennedy and Johnson, they fought for that war, for or against it, and it expanded and grew. Obama didn't want to stay in Afghanistan because but but there's just no reasonable way to leave once you're as entrenched as you are. Ask the Russians. And ask the people that we were paying to fight the Russians back in the 80s in Afghanistan. Ask Osama bin Laden. Oh wait, no, don't because we killed him. Right. Our government has always had issues. Our government has always had problems. Our government has always made mistakes. And it's okay to call them mistakes when they're mistakes. Just like anybody else. Kevin Spacey made mistakes too, and it's okay to call him out for his mistakes. But I still fucking love Kaiser Soze. And I still fucking love John Doe from Seven. Maybe it's okay to love our country, but still hate some of the things that we do as a country. Just because you don't like the way that things are going doesn't mean that you necessarily want it all to fail. Anarchy doesn't do anybody any good either, except for the people at Hot Topic who want to sell you the t-shirt. Has Amazon bought Hot Topic yet? Maybe that's a mental note to go look up. Boy, this one went all crazy, didn't it? I don't know where the hell I was headed with that. Maybe I'm asking for the same sort of forgiveness. Maybe I'm just as worried about everybody as, as everybody else. Maybe we all should be a little bit more worried. Maybe we've all done things that were not presidential. Hmm. What scares me now are the people that are going to run for president after this. Because they're either going to be Pence clone choir boys who've never done anything, or it's going to be more people like Trump that truly just don't give a shit what you think, that no matter what you'll accuse, you're, you're accused of, they'll never admit to it, and they'll deny, deny, deny everything. I don't know which is more scary. I'd love to have people that we can believe in, but everybody's got ghosts. Don't we? Maybe there is still room to change. Maybe there is still room to be better. Maybe there is still room to... Maybe there is still room to fix things. 
maybe life affords all of us that opportunity. Maybe we can all be better. I don't know. Again, how do you change someone's opinion once they've already decided who you are? Maybe it's all just racking up points on both sides your entire life. Maybe the best you can hope for. Maybe the best that you can hope for is to find some sort of balance. Just to feel like you're okay at least for a little while. I hope that's enough. I really do. But I'm still trying to be better. I'm still trying to do more. I'm still trying to feel like I'm a good person by doing the kind of things that make me feel like I'm a good person. I'm still trying. Sometimes I think that that's all that we can ask of anyone. All that we can ask is that we can all just keep trying to do better. Not just for yourself, but for everyone in your life. want to help help if you want to offer offer if you want to do that show do that show if you want to be a part of something bigger than you are be a part of something bigger own your demons own your past know exactly who you are know exactly what you've done but fight every day to do better to make better if you make coffee make better coffee if you take pictures, take better pictures. And if you're the president, be the best president you can be. Just, just try. <sighs> just try. All right, man, that's it. I'm done. That's episode three. I hope you enjoyed it. Listen to the ads. Support the sponsor. And have a great day.